Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. We thank you for the power that's in your word. We thank you that your word, the scriptures, have the power to change our hearts, change our minds, renew our hearts, bring us from one place and propel us into the next. And Father, we are humbled and we are in awe of the power of your word. We're in awe of the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us, your son, Jesus. And Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would fill this building. I ask that your power, your anointing, your Holy Spirit would flow and move across every heart, every mind, every person here. And we acknowledge the great teacher, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I just ask that he would take every word, everything that we say and that I say, and that we do, and lead us closer to your Son, Father, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to take you on a journey. I want to take you on a journey right from the beginning of Scripture all the way through to the life of a woman out of John 4, the woman at the well. I want to begin my story this morning and our journey together this morning in Ruth. And I want to talk about two women, two women, Ruth and Naomi. Both these women were incredibly courageous, incredibly brave, incredibly tenacious, and were women who overcame in the darkest of situations. You see, Forrest Grump famously said, life is definitely a box of chocolates and you seriously do not know what you're going to get. Can anyone relate to that? I don't think there's anyone in the room that can't relate to Forrest Gump's famous saying. Kaz, you would see this more than what any of us see it. And I do honour you. I thank you. You have a huge task and you do it so well. And thank you. Thank you so much. Life is not always what we think it's going to be. Life doesn't always pan out how we think it's going to pan out. And we see this amazing woman, Ruth. Ruth was in this situation where she was living in Israel and Bethlehem. And she was in a place where she was enjoying life. But famine came. Famine in life sometimes comes, friends. And it will cause trouble and it will cause heartache and it will cause anguish and it will cause a sense of I don't have enough or I can't be what I want to be in this situation. Ruth found herself with her husband Elimelech in a situation where they didn't know what to do and the only thing they could do was to take themselves up out of a place of famine and get themselves into a place where they could be fed and they could be nurtured and they could have what they needed to survive in this situation. Do you know there's nothing wrong in life, church, with looking at life and going, you know what, I need to do something right now to get myself out of a place of famine. And Ruth and Elimelech, they decided that they needed to go to Moab and they needed to find food and sustenance for their life. And in that place, their two sons grew up and they found two wives. And one of the wives was 
Ruth. And for 10 years, interestingly, both of the daughters, both of the sons were married to two of the women from Moab, but neither of them produced children. So they were in this situation where they had fled famine, they'd gone to resettle in another land, and yet there was not a blessing upon their lives. And then tragedy struck the family and they lost. All of the women lost husbands and they lost sons, and there was great tragedy. You see, these women had experienced every form of famine, they'd experienced natural famine. That experienced emotional famine. We see in Ruth 1, verses 3 to 5, we see that Elimelech died and then the two sons died. And then we see that also they experienced spiritual famine. Ruth, in Ruth chapter 1, verse 21, Naomi, she called out and she said, I went out full but the Lord has brought me home back to Bethlehem again empty. These women had experienced every form of famine. You see, life is not always a box of chocolates, friends. It's not always, we don't always pick out good chocolates in life. But I want to encourage you this morning, women, mothers, men, all across this meeting this morning, that there is a God that loves to take us from a place where there's no hope. There's a God that loves to take us from a place where it seems like everything is going against us and there seems no way out and there seems no possibility of anything changing and God loves to take us from that place and bring us into a place of wholeness and a place of healing and a place of hope and a place of fruitfulness and a place where all our dreams are realized. Because I've got news for you this morning, Life Source Church, is God is not against you. God is for you. Now, the beautiful thing is, is that Naomi, in the message translation, it says something really profound. It says, Naomi left the place where she was as she got herself together. You know something, I am so, so grateful for women in my life that got themselves together. I'm so thankful for women in my life that knew horrific levels of abuse, that struggle with diseases that you seriously would not wish on your worst enemy, but they still got themselves together. You know, I'm so thankful for women who lost marriages, but still woke up every morning and said, I'm going to get myself together. You know, I'm so thankful for women who looked, who were overlooked in many situations and in many settings and still caught themselves together. I'm so thankful for one of my heroes, Kate Shepherd, who was the first suffragette in the world. It was an incredible Christian woman who got herself together and started penning letters to Parliament saying every woman across the world should vote. 
she was a woman in New Zealand in a little town called Omaru who decided that I've got to get myself together. I've got a dream here. And she led a movement across the world because she got herself together, friends. You see, I've come to bring you good news this morning, church, that your pain, your heartache does not separate you from God. God loves to make a way in the middle of every situation. Your trouble, your trial does not separate you or alienate you from God's promises. In Ruth 1 verse 22, it says this, that Ruth and Naomi arrived back to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Whoa. I'm a bit excited about that scripture. Because, you know, they went out in a famine and God brought them back right at the beginning of a harvest. Do you know, friends, I've come to tell you that you might have left a famine. But I'm telling you this morning that you can walk right back into a harvest, right at the beginning of a harvest. It doesn't matter what drove you out. It doesn't matter what trouble you hit that pushed you out. I'm telling you right now, there is always a way back to the beginning of your harvest. You see, God is a good God. God is a faithful God. And there is no good thing that He wants to withhold from you. But sometimes we've just got to do what Ruth did. Ruth and Naomi decided that it was time to get themselves together and get themselves up out of their grief, up out of their fear, up out of their pain and get back to where they knew they could find their harvest. Get back to where they knew their people were. Get back to where they knew their tribe was and where their safety was. But even Naomi in the coming back was still doubting that God was with her. But I want to tell you the beautiful part of the story is this, is that what waited for her was people going after so many years, they were going, is this Naomi? Is this the wonderful woman Naomi? And they all celebrated her return. If you're here this morning and you've been away from God and you've walked away from Him and you've said no to Jesus, friends, we're never going to say no to you. It doesn't matter where you've walked. It doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. God still loves you. And there's a whole lot of people here. There's about 350 people here right now going, come home. Come home. We're here for you. We love you. We're not going to turn you away. We're going to celebrate. We're going to shout. You're home. You're back where you should be. And the beautiful thing about the grace of Jesus Christ is this, is we pick up with Him where we may have left Him. Come on, let's give God a praise. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes in life, we've just got to get ourselves together, don't we? Sometimes in life, we've just got to make a step and we've got to trust. Ooh. (laughs) Heels. Sometimes (laughs) we've just got to make a step and we've just got to trust. You know, Paul the Apostle knew about this. One of the great men of God, one of the great leaders of the church, he knew about this. And he said, you know what? You've got to throw away everything that so easily gives you trouble. And you know, we have this tendency, and I know I do as a woman, I have this tendency to get my trouble and just go, oh yeah, okay, it's there. And then, but the thing is, I can just so easily just bend down and pick it up. 
But Paul the Apostle says, uh-uh, no, you don't. He says, what you do is this. Okay, this is going to test my coordination skills. In advance, I'm going to preempt this. All right, okay, this is what we need to do, my friends. We take the trouble and we get ourselves together. And we take, sorry, sir. Oh, sorry, Rach. And we take the trouble and we get ourselves together. And we take the trouble and we get ourselves together. This is what Naomi did. She took the grief. She took the fear. She took the feelings of inadequacy. She threw it away. You know why she did this? Because she knew that there was a young woman that was sitting in the wings that needed someone to love her. She knew there was a young woman that was sitting in the wings that needed the promise of a future. She knew there was a young woman sitting in the wings that actually had famously said to her, she said, I will live where you live and your people will be my people and your God is my God and where you die, I will be buried. So help me God, not even death itself to come between us. These were the famous words that Ruth said to Naomi. And Naomi knew in that moment, I believe that, you know what? She thought, I've got to get myself together because there's a whole generation waiting behind me for me to pick it up and just throw the stuff away. I'm so glad that there were people in my life that decided, you know what, it's been tough and it's been rough and I've got a few issues, but I'm going to be determined to pick it up and I'm going to be determined to throw it away. And that may mean counsellors, that may mean support, that may, I don't know what that may look like for you, but we all need to be committed to this because there are women behind us that need us to get it together. And the beautiful story of Ruth and Naomi unfolds like this. It's this, is that Ruth begins to sit in a field of a man called Boaz and they fall in love. And just out of nowhere, everything begins to change for these two women. And Boaz does everything he can within the law of Israel and he actually ends up wedding Ruth. And Ruth becomes pregnant for the first time. You see, she'd stayed in a place of famine in in Moab and there's no record after 10 years that she even conceived a child. But she came into this place and she stepped out of what was what was potentially comfortable. She could have gone back to her mother. She could have gone back to what was normal, but she decided, you know what? I've, I've got to be, I've got to get myself together. We've got to start again. We've got to start anew. I'm making this woman's God my God. I don't understand him, but I, I'm going to make him my God and I'm going to follow him. And then we see that she marries Boaz and then she has a, a son. And friends, the lineage of the Messiah begins. Oh my, you do not know, my friends, what's on the opposite side of you making a decision. You do not know. And the beautiful thing, it's just a beautiful revelation I had as I was studying was this. You know what? The lineage to Christ was full of women who decided that they needed to get things together. Tamar, 
And Matthew 1, robbed of her rightful inheritance, but found her second chance. Ruth, a foreign woman, widowed and desolate and destitute, but found love and acceptance in the second chance. Rahab, the prostitute, who found a life and love and orchestrated freedom for Israel. She brought in the second chance. She got herself together and she made a scarlet cord. Mary, the mother of Jesus, the young virgin, a woman pregnant by the Holy Spirit, carrying the Son of God amongst ridicule and shame. And today gave us all the chance of a second chance. The path we choose of hope and freedom lights the path for generations to come. She is a protector and a defender of her and hers and others' dreams. I want to quickly talk about another beautiful woman, a young teenager, Miriam. Miriam, during her teenage years, experienced a genocide. Historically, in drawings on cave walls, we can see this genocide occurred. Children under the age of two were taken and killed. Every baby, every man-child that was born from Israel was taken and slaughtered. But there was something about a little boy that was born in an, Israeli, in an Israelite's home that was sacred and they all knew he was different. And this little girl committed her life to looking after this child. They built a basket. They put this little one in a basket and they sent him, this little baby, down a river and they watched over him. And all the while, there was this, these armies were running across Israel looking for little boys to kill because they knew that there was going to, they wanted to control the population. But this little girl hid in the rushes and she watched over this little life. And sometimes as a woman, as woman, we have to keep reminding ourselves of what God has promised us. And keep looking over the things that God has entrusted into our care. You see, I believe as this little girl was standing over the rushes, standing in the rushes and looking out over the river Nile, I believe she was thinking about the Abrahamic promise, the promise that Abraham had given to her fathers that they had talked about and talked about around campfires because the Word of God hadn't been written yet. It was all through verbal communication. You see, woman of God, the younger generations are listening to the words we speak. And I'm so committed that we need to be speaking words of life and hope and truth over the young woman of God that sit in the house and and in the generations, the young women out there that are lost, the young women out there that are hurting, the young women that are lost in addictions and abusing their bodies and losing their way. Friend, it's up to us to raise the truth in this generation and, and bring light and life and hope to lost hearts. And I believe this little girl, she would have sat around and heard her, her, her parents and the priests and her leaders saying things like, we are blessed to be a blessing. She would have heard these words, I will make you a great nation and bless you and I will make you famous. You'll be a blessing and I'll bless those. And as I believe as she was watching through the, through the bushes, she would have been going, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm going to be free. We're going to be free. I'm blessed. And as she saw the Egyptian princess come out and grab that basket, I believe there was something on the inside of her that rose up and went, you know what, uh-uh, no one's taken away 
this precious gift and she stood up and she interceded on behalf of a whole nation. She got herself together, friends. You see, you might be standing here this morning over a lost marriage. You might be standing over sickness and the end of a, excuse me, the end of a business or a loss of a family member. I am so sorry. I am so sorry for your loss. I am so sorry for your grief. And I acknowledge your grief and I acknowledge your loss. Loss is a very deep pain. But I want to encourage you that you can do this. And you can rise up. And your loss will become your message. And your grief will become your voice. And your pain will become something that God will heal and bring hope through across one generation after another generation after another generation after another generation. And before you know it, you will have generation upon generation upon generation standing in your freedom because you chose like Naomi did to get yourself together. Dreams sit within your heart and they are real to you and God knows them. Miriam never stopped looking over her gift and the thing that God had given her. Even when it fell into the hands of the enemy, she still stood up and said, you're not having it. You're not having it. She defended the dream and all the potential that it carried And spoke up to defend that little boy and make a way for that little boy. And we know that that little boy became Moses, the man who led the nation of Israel into freedom. The man that was loved by God. The man that failed, fell over, but he got himself together and he got back up again. God loves you. God believes in you. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God knew about you, woman of God, woman, mothers. You are not a glitch on the screen. You are destined. You are believed in. And you are a part of God's incredible plan in this day and in this age. And God has a voice for you. And God has a place for you. And your place is significant. And your place is needed. You are worth more than what you can ever ask or more than what you can ever imagine. And the God of heaven validates you and vindicates you. Do you think that it's coincidence that the first chapter of the first book of the gospel, God highlights all the women that were a part of the lineage of Christ. And friends, they weren't women that had everything together. It was like God was saying, here's my kiss upon the future of the church. Here's my kiss upon the future of a new way of doing things. I'm going to honor woman straight away, right from the start, chapter one. You can't get any earlier than that. I'm going to lift their profile. I'm going to lift who they are and I'm going to ensure that the world knows that I don't care where people have come from. 
I'm going to love them and I'm going to believe in them anyway. And they're going to create legacy beyond what we could ever imagine. As the musicians come. This story is, I would say, one of, it is absolutely, actually, it's not even a question. It is my favorite story in all of the Bible. Like I I could just live in this chapter forever. I love it. I love it because I believe it gives us so much hope. In John 4, we see the story of the woman at the well. Friends, in all of the Gospels, there was never a dialogue written. This dialogue was the longest dialogue that Jesus embarked upon with any one person that's actually recorded in the Gospels. So when Jesus did this, I believe he was saying something. You see, one thing I see about the leadership of Christ is that there was nothing that Jesus did for just for the fun of it. I believe everything Jesus did and everything that was written in Scripture, the Bible says it was inspired by holy men who wrote. It was all written for a reason. And I believe the Lord, like Jesus Christ, was making a, He was saying something to us. And it's an, a voice that's echoing throughout the ages to women and people today. You see, this woman, she found herself in a place of loneliness and brokenness and pain. And she comes to the well. And Jesus, prior to going to the well, had had to make a decision about which way he would journey to where he needed to journey to. You know, the the key reason that he chose the direction he went in was because people were putting pressure on him about how many did you baptize? How many did this one baptize? How many did that one baptize? And Jesus said, I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. And he found the one sitting at a well. I want to tell you, women, mums, men, everyone, teenagers, Jesus is interested in the one. He sees you in the middle of this crowd. He sees you. She came to the well and she was drawing water. She was drawing water on her own, which was very unusual for this culture. They always, women always moved together for many reasons. One was safety. They often moved together. And she begins to talk to this man at the well and she begins to have a conversation. And Jesus was beginning to converse with her and beginning to open up her heart to the pain and the issues that lay buried within her life. And he asked her, where's your husband? And she goes, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, the great kind prophet, said, no, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've actually had five husbands. And the one you're with is not even your husband. How many of us would have got up from the well and walked away at that point and gone, I I can't deal with that? Oh, no. Jesus stayed at the well because he loves her. He sat at the well and he sat with this woman and he talked and he talked and they started to unravel the reality of who Christ was. And suddenly she had a revelation. You are the Christ. You're the one I've been waiting for. Now this woman did not sit around and go, Can, how's your father? What you doing? Hello, nice to meet you. Is there anything I can do? Do you know what the Bible says? She literally dropped 
her watering can and she ran into the village. And she started a revival that was unbelievable. And there are some scholars that believe it was still functioning up until the fall of Jerusalem. You know, the disciples had to be commissioned. But the woman just ran. Friends, I believe Jesus was saying, come on, woman, rise up. Come on, woman, it doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what's been done. It doesn't matter what's been said. I'm with you and I will empower you and I will vindicate you and I will put my kiss upon your life and I will put my spirit upon you and I will use you and I will take you where you need to go and you will carry my hope and you will carry my love and you will carry my freedom and you will carry my peace and you will carry my heart to advocate and you will carry my heart to vindicate and you will carry my heart to reach beyond what people have said, what people have done, and what people have put upon your life. I believe generations, I don't know how many more generations, but I believe generations will shout that there is a hope that springs up eternal. And it is not reliant on where I've come from or where I was born, but it is a hope that is 100% reliant on the cross and the forgiveness that we receive there. Today, as we gather and we celebrate Today, I believe we are having a beautiful moment with the Saviour, like the woman was around the well. And I believe that there are going to be people in this room who are going to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit like I know that woman did. And you're going to feel your heart re-engage with something, the call of God, the dreams, the potential, the things that you know in your heart God has asked you to do with your life. And the difference that, you know, God has asked you to bring to this society and this world like our our friend Kaz has and will continue to do. I would love to show you something personal from my heart because I don't want to ever be a preacher or a teacher that stands up and talks about things that I haven't had to walk through myself. I just, I want to tell you that, you know, this is my life. I experienced abuse at every level, everything, spiritual, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, my life. But I want to tell you, I had a God that just kept encouraging me to get it together. Praise Him. At the age of 16, I was handed over to Satan. But God had another idea. At the age of 16, I had a complete breakdown because of the huge levels of abuse that I endured. But my God had another idea. I got myself together, friends. But <laughs> I'll try not to cry. I didn't get myself together alone. I needed women who had gotten themselves together to teach me how to get myself together 
And it started with my grandmother. And my grandmother was one of the most godly women in my life. She taught me, she loved me. She was my mother for the first 11 years of my life. And today I stand here, I know, because of her. And this is my mom. This next photo here, this is my mom. No, the one back. Thank you, guys. No, back with the red scarf. This is my mom. My mom is amazing. My mom taught me to be strong. Even when you have no strength within yourself, at 11 years old, she brought me into the lounge and said, I'm going to teach you to pray. She taught me to pray even when my heart had given up on life. And she taught me to pray for our freedom. And at the age of 17, my father escaped from a religious cult. Six years of praying together for freedom teaches you a lot about courage, tenacity, and just raw strength. My sister, next slide. My sister teaches me that despite all the opposition and all the trials, all the deep valleys we, can, we go through, we can be strong. She taught me that we can rise again and be a healer and a bringer of life. My sister is a neuro-intensive neuro care nurse and she is unbelievable and she works so tirelessly to ensure that people are cared for and a healer. She's one of the greatest advocates I have seen. As in, I'm a nurse as well in my, in my profession. She's unbelievable. She has taught me that life is 100% better with a cup of tea. Yeah? You're, Kim's on board here. She is to me. She is authentic. She is a lover of life and people. And she is a healer. My best friend, Ruth. Sorry. I'm going to get myself together. <laughs> she taught me that you can laugh even when you are dying. She told me every day, I'm just putting my, excuse me, please understand this in the context. She said, I'm just putting my brave undies on today, Rachel. Every day. Whether it was chemotherapy, whether it was radiotherapy, every day, she was brave. She taught me to fragrance the earth well. And that it really is okay to fall to the ground. And if you knew her, you would understand this. It is okay to fall to the ground and tell you a story in the kitchen, in the mall, in a restaurant, anywhere you go. If it's a great story, it's worth a collapse to the floor to make sure you understand it's the best story you've ever heard. She taught me that laughter really is the best medicine. And from the age of 16, we were friends. And I know one day I'm going to see her in heaven. And I know she's listening as I'm talking. She was a light in dark places. She loved missions. And she loved to tell people about Jesus and has taught us all to laugh, to love, and to be loved. There are so many other women that shape us, that form us, that make us who we are, friends. And we celebrate today 
the great company of women that have gone on before us, but I celebrate you. I celebrate the dreams that are in your heart. I celebrate the passion that's in your life. I celebrate that you are and will proclaim the gospel through patience, love, kindness, and advocacy. I celebrate women and mothers in this room that are have brilliant careers. I celebrate you. I celebrate women and mothers in this room that are running incredible businesses. May your businesses be blessed and may they take on a global scale. I celebrate you. I celebrate leaders. I celebrate pastors. I celebrate women who are raising children and raising them so beautifully. I celebrate you. I celebrate mothers who are raising children that are breaking their heart, but they raise them beautifully anyway. I celebrate you and I honour you. I celebrate mothers who are caring for frail parents. I celebrate you and I thank you. I honour you. I celebrate people who are serving local communities and are ambitious around government and are creating policies that are going to shape the future of this country. I celebrate you. I celebrate people that are in the care field, our friends and different ones. I celebrate your love. I celebrate young women that are rising and I champion your dreams. I champion your potential. And I say, you go for it, keep yourself together and build women around you. Because the reason we need, as we go on to this next slide, the reason we need to keep going is this, is it because the generations behind us are wanting to walk in our footprints. These girls behind me, I've mentored them from the age of 16. They are all married and now having their babies. And I've allowed them to walk in my slipstream. And they are some of my best friends today. I have a daughter called Charlotte. Charlotte is walking in my footprints. She is walking in my footprints and I am teaching her that she is strong. I have nieces, Liberty and Grace. I am teaching them that they can become all that they can be. I am believing in them. I'm loving them. And I'm telling them that there's a God that loves them and believes in them and champions them as women in this day and in this age. I have other nieces, Grace and Jessie, who live in London. And we talk and I tell them that Jesus loves you. They don't know him yet, but they're going to know him. And I keep championing them. I keep believing in their dreams. One of them wants to be CEO of a large company. I'm like, you go for it, sweetie. She's only 14, but she can do it. I'm championing Jessie wants to be a famous gymnastics. I don't know why, but she wants to do gymnastics. We champion her. And I keep getting myself together when I need to, because I believe that as we live our lives well as women, when we determine through the cross, that our past cannot dictate to our future. When we love our lives, when we live our lives under the love of the cross, we realize that we are truly free and the potential that we have is limitless. When we stay aligned to all that is good and speak truth to those around us, we can all grow together and we can champion each other to grow into all we can be and find joy in seeing others' hearts come alive to the beat of a drum of a united community of great woman. You are part of a company of women that proclaim that proclaim the gospel. I ask you, I ask you women, I ask you mothers, I ask you men, because we need you. If you look throughout this story, there were always amazing men that walked alongside these women. We need each other. I ask you to listen today. 
Look after one another today and resolve that your chorus will resound across this generation and the generations to come. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.